the feeling that there's a hidden, deeper meaning in your favorite movies, books, and TV shows? Look no further. Therapist Ryan Engelstad goes so deep that what he brings back may not exist at all. This is Overanalyzing with Ryan. All right, Mike, for our second episode of the week following the aviator, because it's three hours long, we had to do more. Yeah, we did. It's too long, man. So here's more. We're not going to talk specifically about the aviator much, but we're using it as a jumping off point for us to do some overanalyzing. That's right. I haven't gotten to stretch my overanalyzing muscles in a while. Yeah, uh, you haven't. And this one is rife for overanalyzing. Yes. Yes, I think so, too. So what I'd like to do here is I'm going to start off with a little bit of a metaphor borrowed lovingly from the aviator, and we're going to see how far we can take this and how many sort of like beneficial tidbits we can offer to people who might be struggling with either aviation or mental illness issues. Okay. So are we, so it's is positive then? Oh, yes. This is all going to be okay. positive stuff. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Positive overanalyzing. And uh, he's starting off somewhere and we're going to try to climb the hill and just add on another layer of an overanalyzing. We're going to see how, how deep we can go or how high we can fly, whatever <laughs> oh, metaphor like that, you yeah. want to take. Okay. <laughs> I believe. I okay. Sorry. Yes. So, Mike, in The Aviator, there's a scene between Howard Hughes and Catherine Hepburn in which uh, Howard Hughes more or less describes his mental health issues as flying blind. So I just love that description because I think it's such an accurate um, way to describe what it's like sometimes for people who are struggling with mental health issues, where they kind of don't know where they're going. Either they're, they literally, because it's so dark, they can't see. So, okay, so that's my starting point. So if mental health issues or if mental illness is like uh, piloting an airplane, mm-hmm. We're going to go through some examples of like what that could potentially mean and how that could be useful for us, both as advocates and as therapists to sort of help people think about their mental health in, in different ways. OK. OK. All right. I'm trying to line up some answers here. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. On behalf of Popsyke Airlines, we'd like to welcome you on board flight 138 bound for overanalyzing. The captain of this flight is Ryan Eaglestad, and this is your steward, Mike Graham. Our flight time to overanalyzing will be approximately 12 minutes following takeoff. Okay, so the most obvious one for me was, and, and you can agree or disagree, was bipolar, right? Okay. So um, if you're flying an airplane... Oh, I'm super interested in what's happening right now. You, you have to stay at a, at a correct altitude. Oh, okay. If you fly too high and mm -hmm. you get, um, let's say, above the weather, as Howard Hughes talks about at some point, you can't see the ground. You're, you're up so high, you don't know where you are. Where you are. And, ooh, ooh, I got one. Yep. <laughs> right? So you don't know where you are. Flight 138 to air traffic control. Our plane settings seem to be off. Um, you don't know, like, where you are, like, in relation to anything. You have no context to, to sort of accurately judge... Um, how appropriate your your uh, plane settings are. Like, obviously, I don't know anything about flying an actual plane. So a lot I of like plane gonna... settings. That's what they are. They're settings. Sure. sure. Okay, okay. Uh, I okay. got one. But so, so just to me finish the this particular one, and then we'll go to yours. 
but the the sort of low part of bipolar, right? If you if your altitude is too low, you're obviously likely to crash, and that's a lot of times what people talk about with bipolar is like the crash aspect of it, which is yeah. you come all the way back down to earth, and that's the, that's depressed, right? Yeah. And whether it's suicidal, and you actually crash, or feelings like like you want to crash the plane, or whether it's just this sort of constant feeling like something bad could happen at any moment because of how sort of at risk you feel. I just think that 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 feels really close to home and where you'd like to be with bipolar is like at an appropriate middle altitude where you have really good uh, sense of where you are, but you're also not worried about um, the sort of dangers of being too high or too low. Okay. Uh, So I'm going to take that a step further. Please do. Jumping on the back of flying too high for bipolar Mm -hmm. would be, you may be flying high. You may be experiencing mania and you're above the clouds and feeling great or not feeling great, however that feeling feels to you. However, if you don't use your instruments Mm. that can guide you back to wherever it is that you need to be or coping skills, excellent, you're going to have a lot harder time leveling the plane very good there right because yep. because just right yeah because just as as uh howard hughes does with captain hepburn all of a sudden she tells howard um we seem to be coming up on a mountain of some sort <laughs> and he's like yeah totally totally calm it's okay um here now we're just gonna pull back on the wheel i think i hope that's what it's called and and then they I call it a steering stick gaze altitude they gain altitude and they level out and now it's beautiful and they can see everything and it's very comfortable again so mike i i also because of this scene in particular really appreciate the value of what in today's flying world would what would autopilot be and what's the value of a co-pilot hmm. so for for mental health uh, your co-pilot is someone who, Last if you need to uh, get some rest or get some food or whatever, um, go to the bathroom, your co-pilot can take over. For whatever reason, whatever needs are, your, po- your co-pilot can, can help you continue to get to your destination and can allow you to not have to worry about all the instruments or the coping skills or the altitude, all that kind of stuff. Your, co- your co-pilot can kind of step in and help you get to where you need to be. That's right. Absolutely. Now, okay, so I got one. So mental health issues uh, can be cyclical, right? Sure. A a lot of them can go in a circle. You might be good. You might be bad. So, you know, if you're prepared for it, uh, you can make things easier. However, when things can get bad for whatever it is that you're experiencing, uh, you can carry a lot of baggage. And you can be up in the air and you have a lot of baggage on board. However, because it is a circle a lot of times, the thing that you can look forward to is you get to drop that baggage off, at least for a while, and you may have to pick it up again. Hopefully you don't, um, but you there's always that point where you're going to get to drop that baggage off. I like another, it. Another mind-blowing overanalyzing. I love it. <laughs> So um, one of my favorite parts about flying, I know you don't like flying, but one of my favorite parts is the various ways in which the staff do like the emergency preparedness stuff. Okay. 
right? So where they go through, um, if we have a water landing, this is what you need to do. And if we, you know, if the things drop down, this is why, or this is what you need to do. And what do they always say, Mike? Uh, um, put your head in your knees. The event of an emergency, please put your head between your knees and cry. Uh, but sure, maybe. But no, I was talking about the, with the when the oxygen mask popped down. To apply, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. apply yeah, yeah, yours, yeah, yeah. apply yours first before helping someone else. That's true. So uh, this isn't directly related to the sort of pilot uh, analogy that we're working with, but just in a general sense, that you know, I think people who struggle with mental health issues, in a lot of cases, are very sensitive people. They're very attuned to other people's emotions and other people's needs. And I think, and this is definitely true for a lot of people that I've worked with that there can be this really strong tendency to want to take care of other people before their themselves, that their needs could be a burden to someone else, that their needs um, aren't as important as other people's. Um, but the reality, and they sort of tell this in the in the, the public service announcement this before of a flight, and it's basically like, if you don't put your oxygen mask on first, you might pass out before you try to put it on your kids or your spouse's yeah, or, you're going to be no good to anybody yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. So I just think that is such an important uh, reminder for people struggling with mental health issues that you must take care of yourself first. Yes, it can be important to consider other people's needs, but if you're not attuned to your own needs and taking care of those needs, um, you know, your ability to be useful to anyone else is going to be minimized. So, yeah. All right. So now I hate flying. Hate it. And one of the reasons I hate it is because of turbulence. And when you're in the air, turbulence can be an incredibly frightening thing. Uh, but here's the thing about turbulence that maybe a lot of people don't know. And I did a lot of research on turbulence because for our honeymoon, when we got married years ago, we were going to go to Ireland. And I was so frightened by the thought of flying to Ireland that I started having nightmares. So my wife sent me like a website that's supposed to give you all the information about planes to let you know how safe they are. Well, here's the thing about turbulence, and we can relate this to mental health issues. Um, let's say like a panic attack or an anxiety attack. Sure. Turbulence can be very scary, especially in the moment. Yeah. But, but um, and, and one of the things you think of when you're having like a real panic attack is um, I'm going to die. Like, this is killing me. Some people go rush to the emergency room. They think they're having a heart attack, that kind yes. of thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying don't do that if that's what you feel like you need to do, because I think you should do what you feel you need to do in that situation. But turbulence is perfectly normal in a flight. It actually, it like, it's really not a danger at all. It, it, it's it's it expected. Um, the plane is not going to crash because of turbulence. So... I think that, um, although it didn't help me at all to know that turbulence <laughs> was safe. Right. But yeah, yeah, like it's not as bad as it seems. So basically, basically what you're experiencing is normal. Um, yes, and, yeah. And, and I mean, I hate to say it, but like in 99% of the cases uh, is just going to pass. Like it's Correct, just, you're just yeah. going to get through it, right? Yes, yes, yes. You said it better than I did, but yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, so that, yeah, I like that a lot. You know, and I think to come back to OCD and anxiety, which is this sort of like hyper focus on on things that, while they might seem important, um, are also, you know, if we're just being honest, um, the sort of stuff that just kind of becomes an obstacle is not necessarily important in the big picture. So the way uh, Howard Hughes focuses on germs when 
realistically, he has these multi-million dollar projects and important relationships. The germs just kind of get in the way. So if we were to use uh, an example of like what it would be like to be a pilot with OCD, it would be like constantly watching the fuel gauge. It's mm. like, um, yes. okay, all right, well, oh, oh man, the, I just saw the fuel gauge tick down one. Well, well, you know, does that mean we're losing too much fuel? And meanwhile, you're not actually paying attention to navigation um, or altitude or all these sorts of other things. And it, it becomes impossible to make sure you're still headed in the right direction. Yeah. So, so when I work with people with OCD or with anxiety, you know, being able to remind them that that anxiety is, is causing them to have a fight or flight response. Flight. Man, we're... Ryan, we are so funny, man. Killing this. Um, <laughs> it's causing them to have a fight or flight response when it's not necessary. So uh, Howard Hughes has a fight or flight response at dinner because someone has just touched his plate because his anxiety or his OCD are telling him that he is now unsafe. Yeah. Um, when the reality is, is that he is scared. To go back to what we were talking about earlier this week, he might be scared. He might be worried. And there might be legitimate reasons for those things to happen, but when you can bring yourself back to the big picture and also acknowledge, well, like, look, I mean, if the guy's hands had germs on them and they get on my food and those germs get in my body, well, I can just go to the doctor, like, and and more than likely I'll be fine. Like, to get back to your curb turbulence example, it's like, these things are normal. Absolutely. All right, I got one more. Okay, and then we'll wrap and, up, yeah. Yeah, and, okay, so this is going to be from the... Well, let me ask this first. What are the tower people called? Uh, air traffic controllers? Air yes. traffic control directors? Sure. So I want to think no about the air traffic controllers as your support people. Great. And so planes, they are flying blind in a lot of ways. And uh, when they come down to land, they, they have to rely on the air traffic controllers in order not to get into a horrific plane accident and slam into another plane midair that kind of thing yeah two things if they don't trust the people doing that job then it's not then it, they're going to make a mistake or you know they're not going to land the plane they have to trust those people and then on the other hand the air traffic controllers they have to be enlightened to also help that plane um, safely land Totally. Yeah. So to, to bring that back to mental health, it would be, you know, it's it's very helpful to educate your support system on what you're coping with. Depression, anxiety, OCD, PTSD, whatever it is, because the more they understand those symptoms or those needs, the better adept they will be in helping you serve those needs and helping you land your plane uh, or in helping you get to where you need to get. Um, and in a way that makes you comfortable as opposed to just like, you know, telling you to, you know, put on the brakes and, and yeah. you know, crash, basically. Yeah. It wasn't a perfect I liked overanalyzing. It. I liked it. It was good. Yeah, I think, Mike, I think what this is, is this is our first Pop Psych 101 book it's coming to a store near you in 2022. What are we calling it? Uh, what was the joke you made? Fight or flight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, everyone. Uh, I hope you guys liked uh, Aviator Week, and we will see you next week. Do you?
Bye. get the feeling that there's a hidden, deeper meaning in your favorite movies, books, and TV shows, look no further. Therapist Brian Engelstad goes so deep that what he brings back may not exist at all. This is Overanalyzing with Ryan.